Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you. So what do you do when you come upon a situation in life where you can't think of any adequate way to thank someone who did something special for you? You can't find a way to repay them, or at least repay them in an appropriate or sufficient way. What do you do? Well, I want to explore this subject today with you for one reason alone. I have a sneaking suspicion that there is no way that any of us can ever repay God for all that God has done for us and all that God continues to do for us. At least that's my takeaway from living with Scripture for all of my years. Repay may not be the perfect word to describe our human efforts to respond to God's goodness, but it is a word that Jesus uses today, in fact, at a dinner table. On one level, he's talking quite specifically about invite lists and who exactly you might consider inviting over for meatloaf next Sunday night. 
On another level, though, he's just using the dinner table to suggest our larger challenge for ever adequately repaying God. So listen now to these few verses from the 14th chapter of Luke's Gospel, beginning at the first verse. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, the people watched him closely. To the one who invited him, Jesus said, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Well, that's Jesus uh, speaking about dinner invites, but now to a message for you. And I want you to listen especially for what you might do with your life and the way you lead and ground that life wherever and whenever you recognize how much it is that you owe God. So, take a listen. This morning... I would like for you to spend a little bit of mental energy thinking, if you would, about all of those situations in your life where you cannot adequately repay someone for what they have done for you. I'll give you some examples, but I want you to think in your own experience of people whom you can't really thank in an adequate way for all that you've received. I know of people who have had their life saved by a surgery, thanks to the work of a gifted surgeon attending to them. And they really, those patients, those friends, those people, they really cannot find a way to repay that surgeon any more than they can realistically find a way to repay those nurses who behaved with either such tenderness or offered such a spirit of hope or who gave remarkable care in a tough, tough circumstance. How do you repay someone who saved your life? I think of my own wife Susan nine years ago uh, as she came through her brain surgeries and tracking down her surgeon a year later to thank him. He's going to be in our minds for the rest of our lives. And I thought the least I could do is write a letter. Well, he had left the University of Iowa hospitals. I tracked him down to a neurosurgical institute out east. I wrote him a letter. But I have no idea if he ever got the letter because I didn't get a reply. And even if he did receive the letter, what are two paragraphs of words? in comparison with the saving of a life. He has no idea how often we think of him. Or this. If you receive an anonymous gift, as many of you have or do in your lives, how do you repay someone whom you cannot identify? 
it can be frustrating, it can be annoying. Here you are sitting with this lovely gift in your lap or experience to your name and you have no idea who to thank. You're stuck sighing or smiling or raising your hands and looking up into ether and just saying a sort of general thanks. Or this. I know a man who is bending over backwards to try to bring a couple from homelessness to shelter. And he's using his time, great amounts of that time, he's using some of his own resources to try to plant this couple whom he knows actually into a new situation. He's trying to coach them, he's trying to assist them, and presuming he succeeds on a number of key fronts, how will that couple ever realistically repay him for what he's done for them? Well, sure, they can, you know, express thanks out of the richness of their hearts, even if they can't do something out of the poverty of their means. But does the word repay even work in such a situation? Or this. I find that I'm breathing pretty easily today, and most of you appear to be breathing pretty easily today. And if you know, want to know one of the reasons why, it's because of that walnut tree in my backyard that I was looking at yesterday with all kinds of profundity. And that walnut tree happens to absorb a lot of water, and it takes the sun's energy, and it converts these kinds of resources through chemical activities into chemical components like sugar, and one of the byproducts of all of that chemical activity is the release of oxygen. Yeah, the release of oxygen, which, of course, we need to breathe. How do you adequately repay the Lord for oxygen? We do our best, and I happen to think when we gather in a community like this, as faithfully as we can in a weekly way, we do better than a lot of other people. But is it anywhere close to enough? Or this. I was reading recently about a Purdue University student in, in pharmacy studies. She has a couple of part-time jobs, and on occasional weekends, she works down in Indianapolis at a homeless center. Well, uh, Sarah Cummins had this dream wedding planned, and one week before her wedding, she called it off because something about the relationship did not feel right. So I suspect she made a wise move, but it nevertheless broke both of their hearts. And Sarah and her family had paid for this non-refundable reception for 170 people at the Ritz-Carlton there in Indianapolis. What she elected to do was to turn her pain into a gift for others and invite 170 homeless folks from the Dayspring Center where she volunteers to enjoy a feast. It's not a unique story. Uh, I've heard of others at least like it, but it is rare. And what I want you to think about from this particular woman's experience, it was a pre-pandemic banquet, by the way, are the guests. The guests who showed up that day, 
under the big tent at the Ritz-Carlton. They cannot ever realistically repay that bride. Yeah, they can express thanks to her, but many of the guests themselves who did as much would probably say, those thanks don't begin to account for the depth of feeling that we have, having eaten this meal, the likes of which we've never tasted before. How do you repay certain people for something they've done for you when realistically there is no good way to do so? In our household, we did our best to teach our Jacob and our Rachel the importance of writing thank you notes, as you may have learned in your households when you were young. And by and large, they did a pretty good job. If grandma and grandpa gave a gift, eventually the thank you card or note would come. Sometimes frustratingly written, sometimes complainingly written, sometimes tardily written, and sometimes with deep, deep gratitude. They always did so, I hope, recognizing that gratitude is just that beautiful. But I'm guessing that most of the notes that they wrote and many of the notes that we write are a bit transactional in character. A gift comes in, a thank you note goes out. A gift is received, an expression of thanks gets triggered. What do I mean by transactional? It's this attempt through some kind of exchange to sort of level the scales, if you will. And you must know this experience in a kind of regular way. Somebody buys you a lunch, and you say, well, the next one's on me. No, 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 no. They bought you a lunch, and they, they tell you, this is, no, this is just a gift. Yeah, but I'll do the favor next time. No, 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 you're not understanding. This isn't tit for tat. This was just something I wanted to do. And we look for a way, with all the grace we can find, to try to repay them for the lovely moment we just experienced. I know that thank you notes can feel a bit transactional, as can so many things. But there is this point in our lives, I think you agree, that when gratitude just wells up so deeply within us, you know, the unstoppable kind of gratitude. That is just the best, and no note will suffice to describe that feeling. One of my favorite friends, she's 88 years old, she has terminal lung cancer, she's now on 24-7 oxygen, and she has meant so much to Susan and me. And it just occurred to me the other day, so I got out a pen and a paper, and I think I wrote all of four lines, but it just occurred to me to express to her how much she means to us. And I told her that we don't know how many seasons we have left together, but the warmth of your impact, I said, it has just changed our lives forever and we will always be grateful. I had no other reason to write except this gratitude that you know so well, how it wells up within us. Put a stamp on it, put it in the mail. Jesus says to this Jewish leader who invites him to a meal, when you give a luncheon or a dinner 
do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they might invite you in return and you would therefore be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you for you will be repaid at the resurrection. You know, upon hearing this little passage of Scripture, this little image that Jesus paints, I think the easiest thing would be to do would be to say, well, here comes the advice again. Here come the commands. Jesus says, do this, don't do that. As he gives us strong advice on who to dine with and who not to. And then our instinct is to think moralistically about the whole thing, about all of us going home this noon and inviting some homeless folks over to dinner or brunch in the kitchen and dining room. But that isn't going to happen. And I don't hold any illusion that it's going to happen in my household today. But what if we could receive these commands of Jesus as invitations? Because I think he's speaking truth to us. We try to read it as advice, but I think he's, he, he's on to us and he knows us. The truth is there's no way that we can adequately repay God for all of the goodnesses we receive, most of which arrive on our doorstep without any good reason at all, except for divine love. We can't adequately repay God for the mercies of our lives that are new every morning, you lifted your head off the pillow this morning, and you and I, we have a fresh crack at life. We can't adequately repay God for, giving, for forgiving offenses and mistakes and sins and wrongs that don't deserve any kind of forgiveness. Or those loves that are placed deeply into your life, or those beautiful experiences that we don't even have words for. Or those memories that are irreplaceable. Or those trees that are releasing oxygen so you and I can breathe today. How can we ever adequately repay God for such things? Well, maybe the best way to wrap our hands around this inability to ever adequately repay God is not to think transactionally, but rather to look at our lives, what we've been given, and then what we are to do with them and how we lead them. There is a way to live life that honors God for all of the undeserved blessings that we know. And all of you that have lost some loved one to death, someone who has been placed into the ground and commended to God, and you are wondering how you're going to find your way, Oh, a friend reminds you, God is really good. It's all going to work out. Everything is a plus when you have faith. And you say, I know that, but there's an empty chair and I'm not doing so well. Well, your responsibility and mine are to receive these words of Jesus today as truth. Not as so much as command, but as invitation to look at what you receive from that life of that one you have commended to God 
and tell yourself, not transactionally, but rather, the best way I could possibly repay God is to live a life that's so generous and so loving and so beautiful that I don't even have words to put to some of that. So may that be the life you and I get to lead right now. That we don't repay God with just thank you notes and just thank you words, but with the entirety of our lives that are lived generously and lovingly for the sake of others. That would be a gift. Amen. with me as we say together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done 
on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you today with the guidance of love, the strength of memories, and the power of hope. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.